All right, so we're learning the Av Tes Vav. We're starting from the bottom of Yidal and Aviz, four lines up. The Mar says, Tashma, Da'amar B'yuchon And what are we in the middle of? We're in the middle of trying to bring proofs and supports whether or not Beishamai was also Kitavrayim or low also Beishamai Kitavrayim. Beishamai has opinions. As we discussed yesterday, it's complicated to know whether or not they actually practiced them, implemented them practically. One, on the one hand, they were the minority. And, the, and, and also on the other side, after Bosco came out and said the Pascha like his own, but on the, on the other hand, they're the sharper ones. And also, we might not care about what Abbasco says. So that's what it seems like yesterday. This is the issue where we're trying to prove whether or not Bishamah was also with the Vayim or low also with the Vayim. We saw that this makes as other implications for our sugya. Another implication that has for the sugya is to understand why it's not losis go to do. Why is it not losis go to for Bishama still to be practicing differently? So if Bishama didn't do like their didn't do like their opinion, then obviously it wouldn't be losis go to do. And then if they did, we'd have to understand it, which is why the Gemara had to come out to a whole new say yesterday that, that if Bishama did like their opinion, then you see that losis go is only within one court that they can't have split rulings. From different people saying different things. They have to come to one joint decision. But from different courts, it could be okay. And then we have another point, another point of, of, of Asur Ullah, so to understand the system. How did it work? If Asur Ullah, so how could it be that they, they married families, be, they married between the families of Bisham and Bishul? So, so, so if you Asur Kedivarim, you have to say that they kept a system, there was some sort of system where they kept records of the families, who was what, and then they would inform one another whether or not the girls were suitable for marriage. So this is what we're continuing to discuss, whether Bishamah did like their sheet or not. Tashma, Dalmar Rabbi Yochanan Nuri, Rabbi Yochanan Nuri said in a bride, so after Bishamah and Bishol had a dispute of Taurus, Ever can do Yibam, Rabbi Yochanan Nuri said, Hey, Chalachas, Rabbi Yisrael, how could such Chalachas spread in Kali Yisrael? Nasek, a different Bishamah, Evlad Mamza, a different Bishol, if someone does like Bishamah, so he did Yibam, but the Taurus Ever, that's going to create that the child of such a union would be a Mamza like Bishol. We can't have such a thing. And Nasek, a different and even if you the other way around, where you're doing like Basil, where Taras Ever is going out without Zika, without Khalita. So she's according to the opinion of Bishama, she's marrying Yuvamalashok. So Yuvamalashok is a plain lab. So you're not over, you're not going to create Mamzerim, but the Vlad is going to be Pagam. The child will be tainted. What does that mean he'll be tainted? Allah is that if it's Taras Erva, um, it's going to it, one one way of doing it, if they were married coin without doing Khalita, then any children would be Khalalim. And halalim or female halalim, and we're going to see about this more on the base. Whether even if it's not a mamzeris issue, it could create a hal issue where people cannot create Mary Khanim. We'll talk about that more later today. But anyways, we don't want to have that. We don't want to have such a system where if you do like beishamai, then according to beisilal, uh, it's creating mamzeris. And if you do like beisilal, and according to beishamai, you're creating children who are pogam. So what was the solution? Let's make a new takana drabanan. We'll make a takana that what should be done for a tsar sarva. We'll make a new takana top of the madal she chosomisyamas. That no matter who you hold like, you're from Bishama, you hold Basil, she should always do Khalitza. A woman should always do Tsar Sarva should always do Khalitza and then marry somebody else. So basically it's a it's a it's a compromise. It's banning Yibum, it's making sure that there won't be any Ashizah, which is encountered in the Fibetel, and it's making sure that Khalitza is done before she marries Lashok, so it's taking away any tainted Halalim from Yivam Alashok, which Bishamai would see. So he's making this thing, and it, you know, the Achronim struggled with this before the Baskal. It sounds like Rabbi Yochum was saying this, like an immediate reaction to hearing about the dispute Bishamai. So he's like, we gotta resolve this right away. We gotta make a new din, a new din with Rabbanan that satisfies everything. That, that she, Sarah Sarah should do Chalitza and not do Yibam. However, before the Chachamim, Managed to finalize such a thing to legislate a new takana drabana that Saras Erva should do chalitza according to both opinions. Suddenly the, the, the time was taken away. They didn't give them the to make the takana. 
and uh, they didn't. They weren't able to make the takana. So now the other uh, the Gemara even discusses the Brites says that there was someone who objected to it. If you make such a new takana, and you're going to say that, that the halacha is that every tzaras erba has to do chalitza midrabana before she remarries, even the fifi is going to be a new chalitz din midrabana that she needs chalitza before she remarries. Even though meikar din midrabana says she doesn't, but there's going to be a new legislation that din midrabana that she does. Then what about an earlier co-wife? What about a co-wife who was already who has already been taken? Right, so in other words, Lafibe Shamai, that's the simple trap. Lafibe Shamai, I'm sorry, if a co wife was already taken, then uh, now you're going to say, by the way, uh, you just made a mom's there, and your kid is no good. Because if there would be a new Takanam that they can't get married, that they can't, they, they can't do Yibam, then basically what you're saying is anyone who did it up until this point did the wrong thing. And, and any of those people who had children, you're effectively saying their kids are mom's there. So, so we can't make, so we can't make such, a, such a Takana. So it seems that what Rishima Gamliel is nervous for is that if I make a new takana that you must do chalitza and not yibam and then get married to somebody else, is going to create problems for anyone who up until this point had done like the Shita of Beishamah. That would be the simple understanding. So Yom Rishlam also, if you see that Beishamah did like their opinion on Kamam Manas, that's what Rishima Gamliel is saying, what are we going to do with any earlier koaf? Because any earlier koaf, we did yibam following Beishamah. Now that you say there's a din mit Rabbanu that can't do yibam, so you're effectively saying that any children that they had previously is a mamzer. If you say that Beishamah never did like their opinions, if you say that Beishamah always went like Beishel, my manasa, what, the, what is the meaning of his statement? What are we going to do? If Beishamah always did like Beishel anyways, then none of them have had no Tzaras Abbas had ever done Yibo. So from Shemuel Gamliel's objection, we see that there was a presumption that the acts of Yibam had taken place, that Tzaras Ereba had done Yibam like the opinion of Beishamah. So that proves that Beishamah had implemented their own, their own Tabanas. The Gemara says it's not a proof. Amr Nachman Yisrael Hundis Ochalav Sar Atzmah Shem Gamliel was referring to the co-wife herself. Really, Bishama never did like Bishol. Never, we never, we never. There was never a case of Saras Erva doing Yibum, but there was a case the other way, where everyone was doing like Bishol and Saras Erva was what Saras Erva was going and getting married Lashok without doing without doing Chalitza. And this is what the problem was. Manasa, what was he saying? So there was no Mamzeret issue, but he's talking about the Tsara herself. The Tsara really requires Khalitza and she married somebody else. And he's saying, Hani these co-wives of Basilo, following Basil's opinion, who remarried without Khalitza, because this is before Bilhan Nuri is making Takana that they need Khalitza. According to Beishama, he will ask them to do that. What's going to be done with them? Lechlitsu, if they go ahead and they do Khalitza, Mamasa Gavrayu, they're going to be coming to become repulsive unto their husbands. Why? Because the husband thought, I took this girl permissibly, right? I took her and no rabbi told me otherwise, I was good to go. Now suddenly there's a new legislation that I can't be married to her unless I do chalitza. What, I'm going to do chalitza to her in the middle of the marriage and take her? That basically is saying, I did the wrong thing up until now by being with her. So that's going to create a tension. It's going to ruin the shalom bias between the husband and the wife. If you say that a woman who's already currently married as a yivam, and you're going to say, oh, actually, you should do a chalitza right now. Might be, you'll say, she should become repulsive. Who cares? Like, okay, so you'll ruin a shalom bias from somebody. The ways of the Torah are peaceful and harmonious, right? So we can't say that any Tzara, who is currently went and got married Lashok, that she should go ahead and do Chalitza currently. So she shouldn't go ahead and do Chalitza currently. How can we make a new Takana that says that Tzara's Erva really requires Chalitza? What are we going to do with any Tzara's Erva who's currently married? We can't say that she should need Chalitza now. That was the, that was the objection to the proposal of saying that Tzara's Erva should need Chalitza. So here's what's interesting. It seems like just to summarize, summarize, so what are we saying? We've defended that we have no proof whether we're Asur Bishamik Devarim or Asur Bishamik Devarim. But there's something I didn't really fully understand here because if we're, 
We're basically saying if, that even if Loas would be Shamek there's still an understanding why Rabbi Yochum and Nuri would make, want to make a Takana. Maybe there was an objection. What are you going to do for any Tzaras ever who's already married? It won't be nice to say Shishulchalitza, fine. But if Loas would be Shamek if Beishama wasn't practically implementing their view, then why was there ever a Tzad to implement that every Tzaras ever should do Chalitza? Bishlama, if, if there was such a day that, you know, it's like there was this camp and that camp and how am I going to have a system where each opinion thinks the other one is wrong, it doesn't make sense, right? But so, so, so then it makes sense that, you know, maybe there was, should be a new legislation, everyone should do chalitza and the struggle back and forth. But if laws of Bishama Kedivrayim, which is what the Gemara is defending, we're saying that Bishama never did in accordance to the proof, into their opinion, then why the cloud of Rabbi Yochum and want to make such a takana that everyone should do chalitza? Beishama basically went in, practically and held like this ill. Isn't that what Loasu means? It seems that now, that even if Loasu Kedivrayim, Beishama really fundamentally still holds like Hashita, just he's like trapped that he can't practice it. And Rabbi Yochumanuri would still want to make a takana that everyone should do chalitza so that Beishamai and Beisil will both be happy about the matzah of Tzara Zerva. It's not only to satisfy the practical implications of it, even if Loasu Kedivrayim, it seems that there was still a desire for Rabbi Yochumanuri to make a takana that every Tzara Zerva should do chalitza so that everybody would be happy. Happy, I guess, in their thought. And, and, and that's what the Gemara was defending, that that's Nagea. The only reason for Shurga, what was Rashurim Gamliel's defense, that what's going to be to anyone who already did it? Anyone who already did what? Beishamai never did like their opinion. The Tarot says, anyone who already did like Beishil and went ahead and married without Chalitza, if we're now going to say there's a din that you need Chalitza, that's going to make any woman who's currently married, oh, you need Chalitza, oh, I wasn't allowed to take you, I could do Chalitza now. It makes it wrong, it's not Darachad Achim to do such a thing. All right, let's go right here, Tashma, did Beishamai do like their Shita or not? To Amr Rabbi Tarfan, we have a brisa. Rabbi Tarfan is a is a Talmud of Beishamai. We know from that Mishnah Brachos, right? Rabbi, Rabbi Tarfan lies down on the road to say Shema, like the opinion of Beishamai that you have to lie down. He was a big Talmud from Beishamai. He said, "Tavaani, I have a desire. Must I I can't wait until I get a co-wife of my daughter." Right. In other words, his daughter was currently married to his brother. So that would be an erva if it would fall to Yibam. I, I I can't wait. He says until her co-wife would fall to me in Yibam. Why? Because then he would marry her. In other words, he's desiring to practice like the opinion of Beishama. So we see that, that, uh, that, that Beishama is also good to frame. We see a Talmud from Beishama having a desire to fulfill the opinion of Beishama of, of, of marrying the Tsar Sarah and Yibam. So the Gemara says, no, not I will marry her, but I will marry her off, meaning to somebody else. Reb Tarfan actually was saying that I, I, I can't wait until the scenario comes that the Tsar Sarah comes my way. And instead of me doing Yibam, Fakarit, I'll marry her off to somebody else, like the, the, the opinion of Basil. That's really what he was saying. He said, I long for it. Like he has an implication, like it's like he desires it. Like why would you desire something that everybody does, right? Obviously he's desiring to show that Talaq is like Beishamai and that he would marry her. Not that he's desiring her to marry her off to somebody else, which is according to what 99% of everybody else is doing. So the Gemara says, no, he just means to exclude from this new Takana of Rabbi Yochumanui. Remember, Rabbi Yochumanui was trying to legislate a new law that even if well, we hold like Basilo, but there should be a new Takana, they should do Chalitza first. Why? So that everybody will be pleased. So Rabbi Tarfan is opposing that new legislation. He's saying, I hope that when I get a scenario of Tzaras ever coming my way, I don't make her do Chalitza first. I'll just directly marry her off right away to somebody else uh, without doing Chalitza. That's the point that he was making. All right, so we don't have a proof. Continues the Gemara, attempting another proof. Also, could the rant. 
Tashma Maisa Babitosh Rabbi Gamliel. There was a story with Rabbi Gamliel's daughter. Rabbi Gamliel's daughter was married to Rabbi Gamliel's brother, right? Which is a lot. Man marries his niece. So Rabbi Gamliel's brother married Rabbi Gamliel's daughter. Rabbi Gamliel's brother was named Abba. And now Abba dies without children. And so obviously Rabbi Gamliel is not going to do even to his daughter. That's an error. Rabbi Gamliel did Yibam with her co-wife. So what happened? Gamliel, this is a co-wife of an erva, and he took her in Yibam. Elamai was pshat. Gamliel must be going like Beishamai, and and he's matter to erva. So we see that the people who follow Beishamai are also they implemented the view. Says the Gemara that doesn't make sense. It's He was never from the students of Beishamai to bring out the point. Gamliel is a direct descendant of Hill, right? It doesn't make sense that Gamliel would ever do like the opinion of Beishamai. So the whole story is wrong. Ella, you want to know pshat in the story how it could be that he was marrying the co-wife of Yibam. If his daughter as well was married to his brother, what's the pshat? Shani Peter Shem Gamliel, the island is Habba. The story was that Rabbi Gamliel's daughter was, she was an islandess. And in Erva, who was an islandess, if you remember back from Daphne Bays, she does not exempt her co-wife from Yibam. Remember that, that Lumdas was that a co-wife is exempted when she's with an Erva, even only if they're both like in the parasha together, right? In other words, they're both falling to Yibam together. The Erva is stuck to do it because she can't do it because she's an Erva, so she exempts the Tsar as well. And Islandess is not falling to Yibam at all. She's simply not able to do Yibam. The Torah excludes her in the Parshish Kisese from Yibam itself. So in such a scenario, we learn back on Daphne Beis that even if she happens also to be an Erva, she doesn't exempt the Tzara. So here, Gamliel's daughter was also an Islandess. So then her co-wife was actually mutter to do Yibam. So that would be true even according to Beisil. And that's how Gamliel did Yibam. Practic Gemara can't be that that's the case because al Dani Seifa, the end of the Apparatus says, Achirim Omer. Other people say, Other people say that she was an islandess. So what does that mean, other people say? Other people are, are, are like arguing on what the Tanakama was saying. Tanakama was saying, he married the Tsar's Arab. Other people say, oh, it was only because it was an islandess. What's the implication? McLeod emerges that Tanakama was an islandess. Tanakama held she was an islandess and Rebbe was still taking her. That's good for the give and take. Tanakama was saying, even though she wasn't an islandess, Rebbe still married the Tsar of his daughter. And the Achirim are saying, oh no, it was only because she was an islander. So we have a proof from the Tanakhama that Rebbe Gamliel was down marrying at Tzara Sarefa, and, and it was also good to frame. So the Gemara says, no, they're arguing about the point back which we saw in Daf Yud Beis, if, 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 the, if the din that an Arab was an islander doesn't exempt her Tzara is only true if she wasn't recognized to be an islandist, or even if she was recognized to be an islandist. What does that mean? Everybody agrees that if a girl wasn't known to be an islandist, let's say Gamil's daughter, was a surprise. She turned out to be an islandist. At the time that the, the brother Abba married her, he thought she wasn't. He was under the impression that she could have children. Then they find out afterwards. There, everybody agrees. That's posture that the erva is not going to pot to the tzara. Why? Because the erva was never married. Retroactively, it's a mecca tos. It's a mistake. It was something faulty. The man only married her under the impression that she could have children. Once it's found she'd be an island, as it turns out, she was never married. So there it's obvious she doesn't have pots with the tsar. So that's one opinion. The other way, the other opinion we saw is that no, even if she was recognized to be an islandist, but the very fact that she's an islandist means that she won't fall to evil and she won't fall to evil and she won't exempt the tsar, even if she's an Arab. So that's what they're arguing about. They're arguing about whether that second point is true. One opinion is saying it's only because it wasn't known she was an islandist. But had it, been, had it been that she was known to be an island, that she wouldn't have exempt, she, 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 in fact, she would have exempted her tsara. But as the other opinion is saying, no, even if it was known to be an islandist, she still does not exempt her tsara, and Rebbe would marry her. Vibai Zema, another way to understand the dispute, Tanakama and Nachayrib, everybody, again, the Gemara is trying to defend Avada, Rebbe holds like Basil, Avada, and Saras Ava doesn't do even. The case is here is only because it's an islandist. So what's the Tanakama and Nachayrib and, 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 and arguing about? 
Kanos was so curious, she came in. They're arguing about a point that we saw in Dafyud Gimel. What about if the erva was together with the tsara? They overlap in marriage, but not together at the time of death. The erva was already divorced. The, the erva was already dead. There was something that happened to the erva where she, what, she wasn't present at the time of death. So if we saw in Dafyud Gimel, if you hold Misa Mapelaz, so she's not tsara's erva. Whereas if you hold it, 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 and then you could do Yibam. So that was the opinion you could. Whereas the other opinion holds, you, you cannot because Nesuna Rishonim Apilam. If there was any overlap between the Tsar and the Arab at one point during marriage, even if they're not together at the time of death, Tsar's Arab doesn't do Yibam. So according to that opinion, you'd have to say it was an islandess. They're arguing about whether an unfulfilled condition can annul a marriage even if they already had Bia. Meaning everybody agrees that if a person makes a kedushin just to betroth or altanai that's unfulfilled, then they were never married. Everybody agrees to that. But what if the, the person has bia with a wife while there's a certain unfulfilled stipulation? One opinion says that in the closeness of intimacy, a person, you know what, forgives all stipulations and they're married even if the stipulation is not fulfilled. One opinion holds otherwise. So this was the case. Abba married Rebbe Gamliel's daughter with a certain unfulfilled condition, but then he went ahead and he did bia with her. He was intimate with her. And they were still unfulfilled. So if you hold that unfulfilled conditions go away when a person has biyah, so then they became married. Whereas, so then they became married and she would exempt the co-wife as well. Whereas if you hold that they don't go away, then, um, then the marriage was never there. So that's what they're arguing about. One opinion is saying that Rebbe Gamliel felt that he could marry the tzara because they were never married. His daughter was never married. There was an unfulfilled condition. Ah, they had bia. Even when you have a bia, if there's an unfulfilled condition, it's still unfulfilled and there's no marriage. Whereas other, other opinion holds otherwise. If there would be a real, a real bia, then, then any unfulfilled conditions are waived. It must be. She was an islandess and that's why the tzara ever was doing yiba. So after the three answers, bottom line is, when Gamliel married the tzara of his daughter, it's all because it was an exception. It was an islandess. It was a mekatos. It, was, uh, it wasn't, she wasn't around at the time of the divorce, so on and so forth. All right, says the Gemara, Master Rebbe Misharsha, Master Rebbe Gamliel is the story of the Gamliel. Shalikat Esrog Be'echa B'Shvat. You might remember this from Rosh Hashanah. Where there's a whole machlokas, right? There are different years, second year, third year. You take off either Master Shani or Master Ani. But when's the, the change of the year? So the change of the year depends if it's picked before or after Shvat. Rebbe Shaman holds the cutoff as the first of Shvat. And Rabbi Bezul holds the cutoff is two Bishvat, the 15th of Shvat. So Rabbi Akiva once picked an Asrog on the first of Shvat, but not So he gave it two ties. He, was, he took off Maiser Shani and Maiser Ani from the fruit. like who held that it was still the second year of I'm sorry, Maiser Ani like Bishamai, it was already the new year. So he took off in the third year from Maiser Ani. And one like Bishillo, Maiser Shani like Bishillo, because the, maybe the new year doesn't begin until the 15th of Shvat. So what do we see? We see that Bishamai did like their own opinion. If Rabbi Akiva is, is taking off like Bishamai, taking off like Bishillo, we see that in, in implementation of Bishamai's view. So the Gemara says it's not approved. Rabbi Akiva got married topically. Rabbi Akiva Avada only held like Bishillo. But he forgot what he learned from Yada, He wasn't sure. He wasn't sure if Basil said that the Rosh Hashanah is the first of Shvat or two Bishvat. So since he wasn't sure what Basil's view was, he gave up of both Meiser. But Avada, Bishamai did not, never implemented their views. Says the Gemara, Masav Rav Zutra, the daughter-in-law of Shammai, the elder, one time gave birth, right? She was in bed. They took off the plaster on top of the bed. And they put schach on top of the bed for the sake of the kid, right? They wanted the chinuch for the kid to be trained in the mitzvah of sukkah. He holds that the Shammai holds that the chinuch starts even for the baby to sit in the sukkah. And, um, 
And therefore, they were making sure that there was a schach on top of the, on top of the crib. So what do we see? This is Beis implementing their view. So the Gemara says a very interesting answer. It's not clear implementation of their view because somebody seeing that the roof is open and they're putting schach would just say it's not that they're trying to do the mitzvah sukkah. They're just trying to increase the amount of air in the room. So it's not clear that Bishamai was doing their view. Bishamai was only doing it because it wasn't clear to the onlooker that he was fulfilling his opinion. So here's a very interesting thing. It seems like from our Gemara that the question of whether Bishamai did like their view or not did like their view is whether the onlooker would notice. But why is that true? Yesterday in the Gemara, it sounded like the question of whether Bishamai does like your view or not is because it was a baskel or because Bishamai was the rove. We happened to bring up yesterday another issue that why isn't it losis go to do where you could say this type of svar. But the question of whether, the fundamental question of Asur Loasu isn't because of Losis Godudu. The question of Asur Loasu was because of the Baskol, because Basila was the rove. So what difference does it make if there's an onlooker? So maybe you have to say shots like this. If the halacha of a Baskol came out and said the halacha is like Basila, right? So now you always have to, if there's any question of something to lose, you have to do like Basil. But it, does that mean Beishamai can't do something like their view? Like in this case, Beishamai starts when they're a baby. If the halacha of the Baskol came out and said the halacha is like Basil, but is there anything to lose by putting up the, the schach? Here you don't really have anything to lose. So just because there's a baskel that says Allah is like Basil, that, that's not going to stop Bishamai. Here, the only thing that would, be shopping, shopping, that would stop Bishamai would be Losis Go to do, perhaps. Maybe. Maybe that's the Pshan the Gemara. All right. Says the Gemara, Mazamar Zutra, says in the Bryson. It was a story with a, a trough called Yehu's trough in Yerushalayim. And basically, there was a there was a stone, and there was a, a there was a pipe that um, there was a hollow stone that was going under a pipe. The water would go through, uh, connecting water. So the issue here is, remember, for mikvah you need forty saw. So you need a certain if there was not a forty saw in one place, but the water can be connected through the principle called hashaka, connection of water to other sources. So here it was in the mikvah was connected to a hole to a mikvah that was close to it. So the trough itself didn't have forty saw, but the water was connected to a bigger mikvah through the hole here in the wall. So we're trying to know it was the hashaka big enough with the, where it was the hole big enough that it should connect them. All the tarfus Yerushalayim were prepared because of this, meaning everyone would tar their kalim and in, in this mikvah, and assume it was valid, that there was a big enough connection. And uh, then they would prepare tar food. Bishamai sent and they widened the hole. You need the greater part of the hole to be broken. In other words, he holds that the greater part of the dividing wall between two entities in the mikvah that's no good and the mikvah that is good has to be has to be open beruba but we know that Basil's opinion is not like that we know from our mikvahs today right that to mix, mix, mix two mikvahs you just need the size to be like the skin bottles do which we spoke about in Chagigas like the size of two rotating fingers we quoted here as well like two, uh, two fingers that are rotating around so what do we see that there's really what the size of his ashaka is Basil is a lot more lenient. Bishamai is more machmer, and here we see that Bishamai was was implementing his view to make the hole bigger. So we see Shmami not asu. We see that Bishamai acted like their own opinion to be machmer. So the Gemara rejects the proof. Hasam top of them at base. Again, it's not clear that they're doing like your proof. Maybe they're just wanting the hole to increase the amount of water in the trough. They're not doing it out tilchos mikvos to make it bigger. Maybe they just want to have more a big greater size of water in the in the trough itself.
Says the Gemara, Tashima. Again, we're trying to prove it. Bishamah was also good to very much. Tashima. To Amr Abelazar, Tashimah, so it says, When I used to learn Torah by Bilchon I saw he was eating dry bread and salt during a time of drought. So he didn't have much to eat, so he's eating his dry bread and his salt. I came and I told my father, Rabbi Yochanan, about what was going on. He said, take him some olives to eat. So I brought him, uh, brought him olives, but he saw that they were wet. Now remember, food can become tamay only once it contracts some, it can only contract tamay if it first becomes wet with a liquid one of the Zion mashke. What's a mashke? So a mashke has to be, we know the seven types, right? To do the water, the wine, the oil, the blood, the milk, or the honey. But there's another halacha as well to remember uh, that, 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 that it has to be that they became wet with the happiness of the owner. The owner is happy that they became wet. It was something that was good. So anyways, he brings him the jug, the jug of the olives. He sees that they're wet. So now he's nervous that they're tummy. He was kleshish. The amarts may have touched, you know, with the earthenware container or midmaset, the container, and it may have become tummy. So basically, he didn't want to eat it. He didn't want to eat. He didn't want to eat the olives. And I guess even though they were hulin, some people practice that even hulin food, they don't eat when it's tummy. So he saw that the olives were wet. He didn't want to eat them. So Amrli Ina Nilo He said, I don't I do I do not eat olives. He didn't want to eat it. So Basavadasi Zabas, I came back and I went to Rabbi Yochanan and I told him what he said. So Amali, he said back to me, he's making him the messenger boy here. Laikh Ma'amarlo, go and tell him Khavas Nukuvaisa. The jug had holes in it, meaning the owner didn't care to keep the oil inside. There were there were there were holes that the, the oil would, would seep out from. So anything, any, if they if the, uh, if the if the olives did get wet, it wasn't necessarily with the happiness of the owner. If the owner really wanted them to get wet, it would have been a closed cleat. It was really an open jug. Elish has too much marim. What happened was the sediment from the olives plugged up the hole. So that's why the, the oil was seeping out. I'm sorry, that's why the oil wasn't seeping out and they were staying inside. But you see, it wasn't to the happiness of the owner, and therefore you don't have to be concerned for Toma. Because even though they didn't become, they, even though they became wet, it wasn't becoming wet for the happiness of the owner, so you don't have to be choshish and now contracting Toma. Now, this whole issue here to begin with, with oil become, making the olives wet, what kind of oil are we talking about? We're not talking about really prepared oil. We're talking about the sap, like the little bit of oil that seeps out before it's really good hush of a beverage. We're talking about when there's initially the olives pressed together, whatever comes out then. Is that really considered oil that's, that, that, that can be masher olives? Maybe the only thing that's oil, that's masher olives, is at a later state, a real production of oil when it's pressed. So it's actually a machlokas beishamim beisilo. To now we know for the mission of chavashos zayim is mukalim. If you have a jug filled with soft olives, beishamim siyuchanaka. Beishamim says it doesn't have to be perforated. Meaning, don't be nervous. The sap is not called olive oil. It's just fruit juice. It's not something that can make the fruits susceptible to tuma. Beisilo amir siyuchanaka. Beisilo says it has to be perforated. Beisilo dazol that the sap is considered oil. So unless the owner perforates the kli to show that he's not happy, it would be machshir the olives. Everybody agrees if it was originally perforated, but then the sediment plugged it up, then the jug is tar. Why? Because of the fact that once you showed you don't want the oil in, so then um, it's not considered happy for the owner, even if even if even if it, uh, the, it, the sediment plugged it up. The price that finishes. Even though was a of so according to Beishamai, really he didn't have to care. Really, he didn't have to care about the whole thing because. The sap doesn't have the ability to be machshir, right? That's Beishamai's opinion. The sap is not considered oil. But everything he did, he did in accordance to Beishil. So he, therefore, even since he was a Talmud of Shammai, so um, we didn't have to, we didn't have to really do it, but, but we observed that he was, he was caring so much 
about the fact that you let So now the Gemara says like this. Why did the Bryson make a whole point? Even though he was a Talmud of Bishama, he was doing like Bishal. Also, if you say generally Bishama did like their own opinion, that's why it's a novelty. You have a Talmud from Bishama, he's doing like Bishal. That's why the Bryson makes a whole point of saying. If you say that Bishama never, no one from Bishama did like their opinions, what's the novelty? In other words, forget about Reb Sadok. Every Talmud of Bishama went like Bishal. So from the fact that in the story here with Reb Sadok, we made a whole point of seeing that, Bezil, that, that Reb Tzadok was a Talmud of Ishamah who was Choshesh for before Bezillel. And the Bryson makes a whole point of saying that this is a novelty to see a Talmud from Bishamah going like Bezillel. We see that generally, Asu Bishamah Kedivrayam. And the Gemara, that actually seems like conclusive evidence, right? The Gemara doesn't challenge that. The Gemara doesn't defend that. We, we accept from here that Asu Bishamah Kedivrayam. Says the Gemara Tashimah, let's bring a proof. Shalos Rabbi Yeshua, they ask Rabbi Yeshua, Tsaras Habas Mahu. What's the halacha about a Tsaras Habas? Is somebody allowed to take a Tsaras Habas and Yibam? So Mab is talking about our question. Amalem Machos Rabbi Yisrael. Rabbi Yeshua said it's a dispute. Halacha different me. They ask him how the halacha is. Amalem. Why are you putting my head between two great mountains? Ben Shtei Machos goes between two um, two different groups. Between baby Shammai and Misil, why are you putting me in the middle? Meaning, it seems like Rabbi Yeshua was not sure, which makes sense because even though the Basko said Allah Kabezil, we know Rabbi Yeshua is the opinion that I'm nervous that they're going to crush my skull. What does that mean? He was nervous that any Mamzerim that came out from, you know, Bishamai doing Yibam, right? Bishamai does Yibam, according to Bezil, those kids are Mamzerim. So if he's going to paskin one way or the other, and uh, those kids are going to come and say, oh, I'm Amzer. So you're, they're going to kill him because they, their lives just got ruined. He just passed him that they can't marry other people. So he said, I'm not going to tell you about this. Let me tell you about one thing. There were two families in Yerushalayim, Mishpachas, Beisavam, and Beisachmai. The family Beisavam from, from a place called Ben Achmai. Mishpachas, Beisachmai, Ben Kishoshish. And the family Beisachmai from a place called Ben Mekoshish. Shem Bnei Tzaros. They were the descendants of Tzaros. Meaning they were descendants of, of Tzaros. Of who had gotten married without doing chalitza, and from them they were caught in gedolim and they served by the mizbeach. So basically, no one from Beishamai objected from this appointment, even though according to Beishamai these were the children of Yevamal Ashok without chalitza. Um, that the Beishamai did not object to these people to these people doing becoming kohen gedolim. The Gemara is going to figure out like why is he adding this point because even according to Bishamai, it's not going to be a mamzer or anything, right? Yivam al-Ashok is only a plain law. So, and Rabbi Yeshua did not actually lamaisa say what the halacha is the other way. If a co-wife did Yivam, what the status of the child is. Okay, that's the end of the prize. So now, that's why Yeshua was nervous. Why? Because Bishamai did like their opinion. So Tzaras Ereva did Yivam. And according to Bishil, that's a, those kids, their kids would be mamzer. And if he says that their kids are mamzer, the kids are going to kill it. <laughs> They're going to crush the skull. But if you say Bishama never did like their view, what was he afraid of? Bishama was always doing like Basil, so the co-wives in their camp were never doing evil. So there were no created Mamzer. So who, which kid is going to kill him? So the Gemara now says, Balamaisa, it's fair because even if it's true that Bishama did like his opinion, what did Rabbi Yeshua mean that he was afraid? We're going to see later in the Masechta that most Tanam hold that a Mamzer comes from a Chayvei Krizis. So Eishasach, which has a chi of karis, even though there's no death sentence, but there's a chi of karis, so they would create mamzeris. So presumably it would be mamz. But Rabbi Yeshua Shita, we're going to see, he's a, he's a das yachid. Rabbi Yeshua Shita is that mamzeris only comes from a type of erva that has a that has a death penalty associated with it, which is not Eishasach. 
Right? It would be something like a daughter-in-law or a mother-in-law, which has, which has Misa. But Eshesach, which only has Karis, doesn't create Mamzeirs according to him. So the Maisa, Rabbi Yeshua Shita, even if you would say that the people who did Yibam were wrong, he's not saying that their children are Mamzerim because in his Shita, they're not Mamzerim. So they're not going to come after him because he never said that they were Mamzerim. Even if he said those who, people who did Yibam were doing Eshes Ach, he's not saying that their children are Mamzerim because according to Rabbi Yeshua's personal Shita, the union of Achai Vikares does not create Mamzerim. So there's no real way to understand it. However, the Gemara says, no, we could understand even if it's true that the children from Eshesach wouldn't be a mamzer they would be tainted. They cannot marry Kohanim. Um, if, the, if let's say the child is a girl, she'd be also to marry a Kohen or Yitrima, so on and so forth. Even if, if, if a union of Achai Vikrisis doesn't produce mamzeros, definitely the union of Achai Vikrisis cannot marry a Kohen. What's the source for such a thing? The Torah doesn't say that. The Torah says, if you look, well, who can't marry a Kohen? We learn the Torah says, Le'chal Where does the Torah say that? Which is an Isra Kahuna. So even though it's only a plain lot, but it's an Isra Kahuna. How do I know that any sort of of a chayvik kares creates that the children can't marry kohenim because we learn kavachomer malmana we learn kavachomer from malmana going galol malmana for widow to going galol she needs to be sure about the iser doesn't apply to everybody the only iser is to a kohen galol it's a very small iser it's only to a few people only to a kohen galol she can't marry bnei pagam but the Torah says lo yichalo it says he shouldn't take. The Almana, he, won't, he, shouldn't, he shouldn't be Michal's children. That means if he does marry the widow, the children can't marry a Kohanim. So, so, so I see from Almana Kohen Gadol, which is a weaker that the children can't, uh, that the children from them can't marry Kohanim. So Zushi, Zushi, this woman, the Tsarist Ereva, who has an Ashish Ach, where the Isser is much bigger, it's a greater scope, it's also to everybody, all the more so that the child should be disqualified from marrying a Kohen. So therefore, that's why the children were going to come after Rabbi Yeshua. Not because he declared them to be Mamzerim, but because he declared them to be disqualified from Kahuna. So the bottom line is, is that we've really brought up conclusive proof that also Bishamah could have Rabbi Yeshua was scared to pass him because if he gave a psaq and the people who did Yibam, he's going to be saying that their children were bad. The Gemara clarifies not because he's saying they're Mamzerim, they're Bishul, she tells they are Mamzerim, but Akhopanim, they're going to be Pagam. But if law also Bishamah could have then there's no one's going to be coming after him. So we have again brought a conclusive proof that also Okay. Lamaisa at the end of Rabbi Yeshua, he said something else. He says, I'm not going to tell you about whether Tzaras ever could do Yibam, but I will tell you about two families who had children from Tzaras Erva who married Lashok without Chalitza and they were on the Mizbeach. So the Gemara says, what, what is that? We wanted to know whether the co-wives could do, could do, could do Yibam, right? We wanted to know if they're about the Erva. The Kapashal B'nai Tzaras, and when he responded, he resolved them about the children of the co-wives from, 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 from when they, from when they would do Yavamal Ashok without doing Chalitza. So why is that a proof? In other words, it, it, that, 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 that's not really the question at hand. We wanted to know if the Tzara's Erva, if the Erva could do Yibam, that we wanted to know. And, and he's saying that the children of the Bnei, the Bnei Atzaros were, were being Meshamash on the Mizbech. That's a different issue. That's the union of Achavi Lav and at worst, Lafi Beishamah. So the Gemara explains that there was really two questions going on. The, the Talmudim from, from Rabbi Yeshua were asking two separate questions. First of all, Tzaros, what's Allah about the Tzaros? The, the tzaros about the Kohais themselves. Do so we go like Beishamah that she could even do Yibam or like Beisilah that she cannot do Yibam? And there we could bring, you know, to say about that, the, kid, the kids of them would be either be Mamzeros or Pagam. But second of all, and and if you tell me that the Kohais themselves, Allah is like Beisilah, but we have a second question. So they would, let's say, go ahead and get married. Lashuk without chalitza. What would Beishamai say about the children 
of a tsara who got married off Lashok to somebody else. If she married a stranger without doing Chalitza, and according to Beishamai, he holds that that's Yivam Lashok, what would he say about the children? And what's the question? In any ways, Allah is like Beisela, why do we care what Beishamai would say? In other words, we want to know if the kid is disqualified for marrying a Kohen. If let's say Yivam Lashok, someone does Yivam Lashok without Chalitza, um, which Lefi Beishamai, that's what Beisela is doing by Tsaris Erva. What would the children be? Would the child be able to marry a coin? But if you're telling me Allah is a Basilo, why do I care? Right? The Tarot says, Lamayna of Gemina, the Mishra of Lad Masri Shasso Basil, because he will tell me about a different Israel. Let's say Masri Shasso. If a person divorces his wife and she marries somebody else, the Torah says she can't take her back. He can't take her back. If he does, what is the child? Is the child the moms are? Certainly not. Why? Because it's only a lot. But the question that we want to know is could the child marry a coin? So we're going to resolve that question from this question which was asked to Rabbi Yeshua. According to Beishamai, those Saras Erva who did like Basilo and went off and did Yavam Alashuk, they were over on a plain lav without doing Chalitza, what would their children be? Meaning if someone is over on a plain lav, you have a union of a plain lav, is, are the children from that kosher to be Kohanim or not? And what's the Shailah? Do we make the Kavachomer that we made before? Which is not an answer to everybody. She's only asked for the Kohen but not Pagum. The Torah said, the child from the Amalek Kohen can't marry Kohen. So Zushi here with marrying a divorced wife after she married somebody else, where it's an Isra to everybody, meaning every man has that din that if he divorced his wife and she married somebody else, he can't take her back. So certainly the child should become Pagom. So that's one way of saying it. With other ways, you refute the Kavachomer by saying, the Torah says, which means not only that the children are messed up, but if the Ammana as well cannot marry a Kohen after she marries a Kohen Gadol, she becomes a Chalala, she's disqualified. There's a din that when Ammana marries a Kohen Gadol, now she's disqualified in the future for marrying a Kohen. So therefore, maybe we could say, because she's disqualified, her child is also disqualified. There's no din that she becomes a Zona just because she married, remarried her old husband. It's not wasn't such a bad answer that she did. It was only a plain laugh. There's no din that she becomes a halala. So at Kama, she doesn't become a halala. Maybe the child is also not a problem. So on that, that was the question that we wanted to know. Is a Vlad Masri Grushaso kosher to Kuna or not? So Rabbi Yeshua said, let me respond to both questions. Again, both questions are, do we possibly like Bishama or Basilo? Could it's ours to ever do Yibam or not? And second of all, if we possibly like Basilo, what would Bishama say about the children of Yibam Lashok? Of the of the tsar serva who got married the shuk without chalitza. Yeshua said tsaros misharni. Regarding the koyes, I'm scared to answer. But top of the middle of benayt tsaros sending me alachem. I will tell you about your second question about the children of the koyes that, that about these families were so that were descendants of the koyes of Arias who got married without chalitza and Vishama didn't object to them being called him on the mizbeach. So we see that the from that the children of 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 of, 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 of yivam alashuk is not. Is not pagum lakuna, and we can take away for that that Vlad Masri Grushaso, if it was taken back, it wouldn't be Pasal Kuna. Let me just clarify one important point. We're coming out that if someone is over on a plain lav, like a Vlad Masri Shasso, he takes his wife back, the child is not pagum lakuna. That's where we're coming out. But we still said before, and this is important, that when there is a Chaive Krisus, which was which was which was violated, let's say somebody does Eshazach, even if the child is not a mamzer, let's say you will like Rabbi Shua, a mamzer, Alam Mechavi Mises Basin, the child is still Pagam. Why? From that very Kavachomer, from the Kavachomer from Amana. 
Why there don't we have the pircha of Mala Amonashe Kini Asim as Chalalas? There it is, because she would there become as Chalalas. If a person is over on a Chayvi Kreesis relationship, someone does Eish Azach, the woman is a Zona, and she cannot marry a Kohen. So there we talk to come out, even if the children are Imam Zerim, but the children would be, would be Pagal. And that's why Rabbi Yeshua was scared to answer and say that Tzara Sabas could do Yibam or not. But, but, but by Chayvi Lavin, like Vlad Masri Rishas, or Vlad from Yibam there, if they, not only are the kids not Mamzerim, the Gemara is really coming out that the kids are not Pagum either.